This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 243. I am deeply invested in helping entrepreneurs find that happy balance and that really strong foundation because I personally believe that small business is the foundation of our economy. And this last year, a lot of small businesses took a hit. The type of information, the type of services that I'm talking about, they're not brain surgery. Anyone can do them. So, you know, let's roll through the rest of 2021 with some healthy foundations so that we can knock 2022 out of the park. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, it's wonderful to have you here. We have a great show for you today. My guest, Lisbeth Wesley Casella, and I are going to be talking about the foundational pieces of our business, the pieces that need to be in place so that when we have clients, the way that we ultimately all want to have a full practice and whatever full practice means to each one of you, we want to be able to be assured that the pieces that support all of the client functioning, things like what we have in place for our finances and for our communication and all those things are so key. And yet I think it overshadowed by the desire to get clients. Now I get it. If we don't have clients, we're not paying the bills. We're not making finances. Therefore, these other elements seem a little not necessary. Yet, if we can think about the foundational pieces and build those first, then when we create a flow within our business, all those pieces that are so important hold up and allow us to build the kinds of business that we want because it's not being built on sand. It's being built in solid foundation. Now, for those of you who haven't met me yet, my name is Meg Rentschler. I am an executive and mentor coach who has a passion. I just have such a passion for creating change in the world so that people can feel empowered and that their wisdom within is being listened to and that maybe they can tap into that wisdom because maybe they didn't even know that it was there. Yet when we choose to partner with with people through coaching, it is a huge piece of the coaching process to be still, be quiet, allow through our inquiry and through our reflection to pull that wisdom from within the people that we work with. I love working with leaders to help them empower the people they work with to bring their best forward rather than feeling squelched or or just told what to do all the time. What can we do instead to pull the best from all the people that work with us? So belief in the coaching process, belief in the strength of people is just something that I really operate out of. And through that, I 
built this show so that those of us who are invested in being great leaders and or great coaches can get strategies, tools, and resources right here at the Star Coach Show and bring our coaching into the world, bring our leadership into the world. So that's what this is all about. That's who I am. If you want to know more about the Star Coach Show, about the different resources we have available, be sure to visit starcoachshow.com. Would love to have you stop by. There are over 240 shows that focus on sharpening your saw as in skill development, building a business and what goes into building a business. So whether you are a coach or another small business owner, I promise you there are many, many shows that can help you get clarity about what and how you in what you do and how you engage in building your business. And then I have such a passion for leadership and coaching within organizations, helping organizations get healthier. There is a plethora of shows regarding leadership principles and coaching in organizations. So please stop by starcoachshow.com and explore the shows that we have. They're there for you and whatever they can do to help you be stronger, whether you are a business owner, a coach, a leader, there's resources there for you. So I want to shift focus now into the guest that I am excited to introduce you to today. As I mentioned at the top of the show, her name is Elizabeth Wesley Casella, and she is the founder and CEO of L12 Services, which is a firm specializing in internal communications training and executive virtual assistance. And through those services, she builds the kinds of systems that we're talking about today. You'll note that the name of the show is Support or Structure Support Success. And the whole concept is if you don't have any structure, you might feel trapped in by structure, but actually structure gives us a lot of freedom and it supports our success when we have the right kinds of structure in place. Elizabeth organized in 2014 and led a process and communication change coalition for First Lady Michelle Obama's signature program, Let's Move. She uses her communication, collaboration, and lean process design skills to identify where businesses can overcome challenges related to scaling and our processes and workflow management and culture, all things that are so key, whether you are a solopreneur or whether you are leading a team. Elizabeth is on the advisory board She's the chair for the Association of Virtual Assistants and is a member of Mental Health Advisory Council. She is absolutely dynamic and energetic, and you can tell the topic that we are focused on today is just something that lights her up. I'm excited to introduce you to her and to create the understanding from your place of if I'm a business owner, what do I need to have in place to create a flow? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So let's go to my interview with Lisbeth Wesley Casella. Lisbeth, thank 
you so much for joining the Star Coach Show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I've been looking forward to it. Me too. We had the best pre-interview interview, and I know that you are going to just help our listeners think about creating a firm foundation for our businesses so that we can get our coaching out there and we can have the impact that we want in the world. And that, you know, if we don't have, if we build our business on sand, things are going to fall through the cracks. So that's where we're going today. But let's start first with what the heck helped you kind of walk the path that you have walked and end up working with entrepreneurs to help them create these kinds of systems. Well, it's kind of one of those stories about having lived long enough to have survived a bunch of disasters. (laughs) I started my career working as an executive assistant. I brought that skill set into the construction arena um, where I went into project management, but still with an eye on administrative systems. And then eventually I decided to move out here to Washington, D.C., into the land of the nonprofit and the association. And it turned out that my super skill was to kind of be the liaison or bridge the gap between the people who developed policy and programming and the people who did the administrative work. Like I could foresee where we would have troubles with different pieces of the organization, either not communicating well with each other or not having standardized processes in place so that people understood what everybody else should be doing and you know effectively catch the ball. So then I eventually um, decided that I really wanted to focus on that. And I didn't want to be following anybody else's star and wagon. So about 12 years ago, I started my own firm. And it's just been all about being pleasant and bossy at the same time ever since. <laughs> Love that. And, and you, you know, when we think about the structure, when we think sort of the, the things that that we need to build around, that's what Elizabeth is going to be talking to us about today because we need to create structure. I'm a big believer that structure gives us independence and freedom. If we don't have structure, we're always scrambling. 100%. And that's where when I got to, you know, take my own risks and make my own decisions, I really was able to kind of perform some passion project work, meaning that um, I was a small business and I was using the skills that I'd learned in big business to help myself. And I realized that there aren't a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or, you know, two and three person teams that effectively understand that even though you're small, systems can benefit you in the long run. So uh, being able to share that information for, for the small businesses really important, not only to the business right now, but what we'd like to do in the future. Absolutely. So before your eyes glaze over and you think systems, I don't want to hear about systems. I'm telling you, you do want to hear about systems. We've come up with a plan to kind of talk about some things that are doable, that are going to help you be successful. And this putting this work in is what ultimately will help you partner with your clients more effectively because you'll have some flow. So when we think about client systems, when we think about 
professional standards, all the kinds of things that once again, come back to me, audience, this is key stuff. Where do we want to start? You know, um, I think that you're actually bringing the conversation to the perfect starting point, because oftentimes we think of systems as eye glazing over, boring, standardized. And yes, standardized is important. But if you think about it in the difference between shopping and having a suit tailor-made, standardized means everybody's wearing a blazer. Tailor-made means the blazer fits you specifically. So the systems that we're talking about today are, it's the tailor-made system for you, the one that helps you function best in your business. Systems as a concept, you know, doing one thing that follows another thing that follows another thing, standardized. Doing the thing that gets you the result that you need, maybe to take you to the next level or to give you more time back in your day, that's tailor-made. That's what's important. So I think that starting there and kind of embracing the concept rather than thinking of it as an obligation, that's kind of the first starting point. Good. So we're going to tailor make, and I'm going to challenge each of you who's listening to think about where are the, the places that all the information that's being shared makes sense, Where because each of you is going to have different needs in a way. Yeah, we, we have some commonalities. And at the same time, to your point, we're going to tailor make this. So um, gosh, we've got tools, we've got systems, like, where do we want to put a pin in it to begin? Well, considering that coaches are a, a good part of your audience, let's start there. And I can use a very specific example that is both a standardization and can be tailor-made. So if you think about it from your business owner coach perspective, you have a variety of clients out there. You have far more clients than you have of yourself. And they're all trying to communicate with you and you're trying to communicate with them. One area of standardization may be that you create a template where your clients communicate with you in a specific way with specific information in between your meetings. Not only does it help you organize the information that you're receiving so that you're able to track things or if there are specific data points that you want to measure, but also it helps your clients uh, frame their thoughts and come to the salient points quickly if they understand what that to a certain degree, transactional communication should look like. Mm -hmm. So not that everybody needs to have name, date, topic, problem you're trying to solve, but those could be some suggestions for how you would build a template and then have a conversation with your clients, whether it's an email that's a standardized form, or if you do it one-on-one during your next session and say, I want to make sure that I'm honoring your time and that I'm using my time effectively for you, when we communicate between our sessions, if we could have it in this format, I can be super effective, super fast. And it's a win-win situation for both of us. You know what I'm expecting and I know what you need much quicker and we can get to the result faster. Excellent. That immediately leads me to a place of Depending upon where you are in your businesses and what kinds of tools you have in place, that might be something like a digital form that you send to your clients and just say, keep keep a hold of this form for when you want to engage 
in between sessions, or it might be that you have a system that people can log into and access that form. Um, but I don't want anybody who's listening, who's just out of the gate to think this sounds complicated, or this sounds like something that I would have to have, you know, a several hundred dollar a month system to be able to do. No, you could literally say, this is our in-between session form that you would complete. I'm sending you a a copy, put it in a file and send it to me when you need me to, to be aware. You can even do that in Google Suite. In Gmail, you can create a template and you can send that template directly to your clients and say, this is how, you know, I prefer that we communicate between. You're right though. This is not about high-tech versus low-tech or expensive versus not expensive. It's about what works for you. And quite frankly, the part of my business that deals with you know, larger corporate clients, it's all about creating systems that work for them. But internally within my organization, we work on spreadsheets. We have access to all of the different project management platforms out there, and we prefer spreadsheets. They work for us. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. So good. Now, as we are talking about these kinds of things that you we can set in place, and one of the things that your between session communication form brought up for me was the standardization that I have for a prep form for my clients to prepare for session and send it for me in advance, and the post-session form that I have that they can fill out that kind of cements in that new awareness but those are forms that they know those are the same forms that are available to them for every single session. They happen to come to me through a system, but that doesn't have to be the case. It could be a Google doc Mm -hmm. or any number of things that, but my clients know, as a matter of fact, if they can't access one of those forms for whatever reason, they'll say, I'm having a really hard time getting a hold of my post-session form and I really want to fill it out. So it becomes part of that learning, part of that debrief that they go through themselves after the session that cements in that awareness. And it is a standard part of my practice. I love that. That's really great. I I don't know a lot of of people who do both the front and the back end, but you're right. It's it's a great tool for learning and, and really absorbing the information that you shared during your session. That's wonderful. Well, and it's always interesting to me when I get those, I'll be like, oh, that resonated with that. Even though we kind of did the takeaways and we talked about the new learning and how they're going to move forward, they tend to fill out that post-session form somewhere between, someone will do it immediately, but sometimes they'll do it an hour to two hours later when things have sort of settled in, so different things might rise to the surface for them. So those forms are always so interesting for me to read. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about that we, like this whole process that we're focusing on today, folks, is about being intentional. Can -hmm. you talk about the importance of intentionality? Certainly. You know, intentionality, both from the perspective of, Uh, making your work as streamlined as possible so you can kind of aim for that balanced life. Nobody nobody should be living to work. Enjoy your work, but there, there needs to be a whole you brought to the table and work should be a part of it. But, you know, 
whether you're thinking of balance or if you're thinking of what your future business might look like, maybe your model is to scale, maybe your model is to bring in a partner, the intentionality of it really manifests itself in your ability to document what you do on a regular basis and find ways to streamline that. So for example, if you are a solopreneur or an entrepreneur and you are creating, and they start out as sloppy operating procedures, but they eventually become standard operating procedures through iteration. Um, The benefits of doing that are not just for the people who are thinking that they're going to scale and and bring in additional team members, but they're also for if you want to go on vacation and somebody picks up some of the administrative work for you, you're able to give them a really great recipe for what your day looks like and the necessary things that need to happen and spend, scientifically speaking, 65% less time training someone by giving them the written instructions than you would be to have to bring them on, pay for their time, train them and go over a process several times. Usually um, with basic administrative office support, you can show somebody how to do it, give them the SOPs, allow them to, you know, let you check their work. And by the third time, they can usually take care of whatever that is without you having to oversee them. So you've just saved yourself time, you've saved yourself money, and you've given yourself the freedom to go to the beach, read a book, do whatever it is that you want to do that disengages you from work so that you're, you're um, you know, good self-care and tending to your own needs. Absolutely. One of the things that I've heard is that, you know, you want the people that you're writing those procedures for to be able to poke holes in them. So you're you're writing everything down and then you're sharing that. Don't be offended if in fact you get feedback that I don't understand this part or this. By sharing that and having somebody else walk through that procedure, you're seeing where things made sense to you that maybe, or the things you forgot to write down because you just are there, they're they're so automatic for you. So the, to your point, there's many reiterations to really create a strong operating procedure for your business. 100%. And it helps you reflect back. Let's say that you, let's say you put together an event in 2019 and in 2022, you want to do a different event but somewhere along the same thing, you can reflect back on what you did, how you do it, what was successful, what wasn't, and improve upon it or change it. But that historical information has value too. To your point, though, about people poking holes in it, that's what you want. That's what's really important. Because if you are going to be bringing other people on, one of the things that will help you attract really high caliber talent or people who are really aligned with you is the clarity of your documentation and the, your ability to share what your vision and your goals are. And that only happens through really taking the time and self-analysis to write down what you do, what you do currently, where you're going and how you're going to get there. When we're talking about people who may be looking for funding in the future, that kind of documentation is critical to have If somebody's going to look at the viability of your business in five or 10 years, they want to see what you're doing now and what your plans are for the future 
Um, even if they're just the day-to-day details, because those people poking those holes in them are people who are bringing innovation to your business. They're bringing solutions potentially before you have problems. So again, I know that this is very systems sounding and it can sound very deep, but it's not as difficult as one may think of it at the moment. It really just begins with making some time in your day every day to start writing down or using your calendar the tasks that you accomplish and then looking back maybe two weeks from now and saying, okay, I think that we can improve on some of the efficiency here. And the reward for that is getting more time back in in your day. Then doing that same exercise, but telescoping it out maybe a month. The return on that may be saving some money in your day. Maybe you identify that you're using several different platforms when one would actually suffice and you don't need to be paying a monthly due for two or three other communications channels. All of this is about taking the time to analyze what you're doing and being thoughtful about where you want to go with it. And it's worth the investment, not just because it could be time and money, but it's worth the investment to really deeply know your business and what you want to do with it as you move forward in time. So if people are wondering, what are you, what does she mean? Write down what I do. I'm in with clients or I'm in, can you give some examples? Because I think of all the different procedures that I walk through each day, but what are some examples that people capture and then refine as they're capturing their procedures? So when I start working with entrepreneur clients in this area, I encourage them for the first step to, on Sunday, plan out their week. If, if, they, if they know what their calendar is going to look like with client load and with other responsibilities, you know, go to the bank, make sure that you have your you know, annual business license renewed, you know, all of those things. Make sure that those things are documented in your calendar, not just blocked, but put some details into each of those notes and do that for two weeks so that you gain a little bit of muscle memory. And then that becomes second nature and Sunday's the day that you plot out your week. So then the next step is to, as you're in each of those activities, unless you're driving your car or walking around, if you're actually at your desk, get into those time blocks and those appointments and type out what are the things that you're going to be doing. I'm going to be, I'm going to be analyzing my Google Drive to make sure that my folders are up to date. Or I'm going to be verifying that the forms in Dubsado are up to date for my clients to do their pre-session and post-session documents. Write down what those little tasks are. And again, do that for two weeks. Once that takes you out about a month, take a Saturday or a Sunday, or ideally give yourself a day off during the week and look at everything that you do. What is it that's repetitive? What is it that actually is a process. Going to the bank may not be a process that you need to document. Mm -hmm. However, creating documents in Dubsado or whatever other software may be. Like Mm -hmm. you need to figure out what the branding looks like. You need to figure out the information that you want to collect. You need to figure out where you're going to house that information that you're collecting. These types of tasks that are repetitive, you want to look at them as a challenge to standardize. How can you make sure that you're taking the same steps each time. And as you're repeating them, you're going to find that there are a couple of pieces of those steps that you're maybe don't need or want to improve on. And that's what you start writing as your standard operating procedures. And you collect those in a book 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you have your finance ones and your marketing ones and your, you know, idea development ones. But but that's really where I encourage entrepreneurs to begin to dig deep into their business so that they understand the time that they're um, dedicating to administrative tasks, the time that they're dedicating to actual work and, and business development. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also, for a lot of people, allows them permission to take time to read and further their education, you know, different types of professional development can be built in your day when a lot of times, you know, somebody at the current state may be saying, I don't have time to read during the day. Are you kidding me? I guarantee you four to six weeks down the line after documenting the things that you do, you're going to find some time in your calendar without having to jam another thing in. So, so it's really, once again, that structure ends up creating freedom and more flexibility for you. Mm-hmm. We talked about the importance of you forecasting where we want to be. So if we forecast where we want to be, how does that fit in with what we're talking about in the documentation and standard procedures? One of my favorite topics, reverse engineering. <laughs> I, I have to admit to being a self-professed jigsaw puzzle nerd. So I am all about the beautiful picture at the end and how we get there. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning of my business, once I brought my first teammate on, I started creating my annual strategic plan. And it was an exercise in where do I want to be in one year? Where do I want to be in five years? And very realistically writing out those goals and those plans, knowing that, you know, not knowing there'd be a pandemic that would change things, but knowing that they're, they're always universal and situational scenarios that will change your plans. But to the best of my ability, figuring out where I thought I could be, where I wanted to go, and then making those the big goals, and then creating mile markers reverse engineered backwards so that I can reach those steps. For me, it makes sense that my goals are time-limited or time-determinative. I make my quarterly goals my milestones. Some people look at at a strategic plan and projects like that with their milestones being having achieved, you know, financial status or having created collaborative relationships or, you know, they have other metrics that they measure by. But for me and the way that my team works, it makes the most sense for us to write down we want to reach something by the end of 2021. Okay, in Q3, in Q2, and Q1, what are the steps that we're taking to make it there? So that mm-hmm. if I'm on vacation or, you know, if somebody has a question and I'm not reachable, whatever quarter we're in, they can look back at that, that document that I have universally available to my team and say, I need to make a decision I don't know which way to go with this. Okay, the decision surrounds this goal. The thing that I'm being asked to do, does it support achieving that goal? Yes, then let's go with it. No, then let's table it until the next conversation. But it gives my team autonomy in order to to be able to, those books where you choose your own ending. Right. uh, They know that the end goal is here. Whatever way that they make it there, as long as we hit the metrics, I'm good with so it takes some management out of out of the equation, which is you know very time consuming and right. nice to not always have to be dug deep in on. 
Well, it empowers your people to make a decision. Like, does this get us closer to the goal? We all know what the goal is. And then being able to make a good decision ultimately makes me feel like, wow, you know, how much, how much more, you know, when I'm autonomous, but working towards a goal within the company, doesn't that, doesn't that make my investment that much more, my commitment? 100%. And it keeps me honest. If I've documented where I want to go in, in January and, and my end goal is December, I can't all of a sudden mid-May say, you know, I've got this great idea. Somebody sent me this email giving me this great proposal for something. I'm super excited to follow it. Well, if it's going to take it, you know, energy and time and money away from the original goal, I can't follow it. I've already documented that thing. <laughs> and we're working towards that. And, and yep. the reality is life is full of shiny objects and, and other people have their own priorities. And sometimes they'd like us to join in those. And we have to make decisions about does that make sense for where my business is at this moment and where I, what I've projected forward for it? Yep. So good. So what else do we need to think about when we think about, you know, tools or systems or projection forecast? What, what else do we need to even think about? That it's not as dry as it seems. It's actually a labor of love. It's, the time that you spend really getting to know your business and your business health, you're nurturing, you're caretaking, you're tending to, you are intimately involved, not just in the building of this, you know, shiny object or the thing, but at any given time, you know, what areas are vulnerable or sensitive, what areas are super strong and robust. The more time that you spend building a a framework that's strong the, the more time you get to be creative. And in the beginning, it may sound like it's overwhelming because everywhere you turn, you can always be documenting something or you can always be analyzing something. It's not analysis paralysis. What it is, is understanding where you are, managing your expectations and building a really solid foundation that supports. I mean, why did you get into business in the first place? probably to make some decisions for yourself, probably to give yourself some, you know, time on your own to be able to, you know, work whatever schedule you want. If you create the systems that support that end goal, you can build a business around it that you enjoy being in. And so spending the time to to analyze your processes and your systems is actually kind of labor of love. So such a good reframe because yeah, it we've got to kind of look at like you said, it might be considering like what are the puzzle pieces that make that make my business my business and how can I get enthused and excited about that? And also not have to recreate the wheel a hundred times. If you have done something and you do it well and you capture it, then if you've had a little brain fog and you don't remember exactly how you did it, welcome to my life. You then can find, you know, where where is that? Let's pull out my binder and look at the procedure that I wrote down. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's really the sister component to a lot of coaching that happens in the business world right now. If If people are familiar with being asked, you know, tell me about your ideal client, tell me about your product or your product, tell me about your pricing. You're supposed to know that right off the bat. It's no different than the health of your business. So all of that information together creates the full picture. 
So good. So, Elizabeth, if people would like to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do, how would they connect with you? Well, our website is l12services.com. That's l12services.com. And I'm always on LinkedIn. That is my platform of preference. Always happy to you know brainstorm with people and answer any questions. I am deeply invested in helping entrepreneurs find that happy balance and that really strong foundation because I personally believe that small business is the foundation of our economy. And this last year, a lot of small businesses took a hit. The type of information, the type of services that I'm talking about, they're not brain surgery. Anyone can do them. So, you know, let's roll through the rest of 2021 with some healthy foundations so that we can knock 2022 out of the park. This is not a call for, you know, discovery calls and proposals. What it is, is it's free advice. I'm happy to get there and engage with people because I want to see people succeed and maybe even change the way people, uh, the way that business is done. Oh, so good. So we will have links for that in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us My today. Pleasure. Your you energy is awesome. And it was just wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. I get that building a business is a little daunting, and there are a lot of pieces to it. And we might not choose to do each of those things ourselves or without hiring help for some of those things. And and experts like Lisbeth, who's willing to come and share what those pieces look like, I'm just so grateful for. Even though I've been a business owner for, gosh, over 30 years now, there's still things I can learn from experts like Lisbeth when they come and they share their expertise on the show. So if you'd like to know more about what Lisbeth offers and how to get in touch with her, be sure to go to starcoachshow.com slash 243. In the show notes, you will be able to connect with more information about this show. Come back next week when I am visiting with Coach James Allen, we're talking about how courageous acts build confidence. And I think it goes really well with what we talked about today, because we're talking about these things that we might have to do to step out of our comfort zone to build the business that we want. And it's in being courageous and stepping into the face of some things that might really feel stretchy and and like we have to expand and, and step into some discomfort to do them, that ultimately that's how our confidence builds and how we can meet clients with more assurity and confidence. So come back next week when I introduce you to James Allen. I do want to remind you that I am on Facebook on Wednesday and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central at just search Star Coach Show in Facebook. The page will come up. That's the page I go live in. I'm happy to answer your questions. We talk about all things coaching, uh, share a little bit of my insights, things, maybe a challenge that I've had during the week. And I invite you to join us. So that's Star Coach Show on Facebook and 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, every Wednesday and Friday morning during the summer. I look forward to having you join us. If you're enjoying the show, 
please think about leaving a rate and review wherever you listen so that people get intrigued and interested in what this show is all about and join us. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you 110% best success for your coaching, for your life, for your relationships. And I hope you come back again. Have an awesome week. Bye-bye.